Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Nature Boost. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation. This month, we're learning about the ancient practice of falconry. You ever see those massive hawks sitting along highways or atop the trees? Some people use them to hunt. I've always thought working with a wild bird to hunt small game was fascinating. And it just so happens that one MDC employee, my new friend, Megan Duffy Yates, is a master falconer. How cool is that to have on your resume? Hello, good How to meet you. you. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much <laughs> no for problem. having me out here. Yeah, no problem. I have something funny to tell you. I was driving down here and I saw so okay, I I don't I can't identify them. Yeah. I only know I only know a few, but they were huge hawks. Probably red tails. That's what I was yeah. wondering. They were so big, <laughs> Megan. And I saw them and I'm like, it's like they know. <laughs> I'm coming down here to talk to you. It's like they knew. You're in the well it's all prairie from here on yeah over, so yeah it we get some cool species out this way actually oh, I, bet. I think on friday i've got i got a call from some landowners about a snowy owl so I this winter megan invited me out to her property to meet her birds and learn more about this fierce way to hunt small game oh my gosh oh my so that's the peregrine we'll Th this her. is the peregrine falcon yeah. and then my red tail she's old so she can't Chill out. She has West Nile. She had West Nile, so she's um, oh my partially blind God. now. Oh wow! So and she's. I um, think you told me that. Yeah, I remember you yeah, saying that so on we our meeting. Yeah, she hates people, so she's. Oh, she doesn't like she, people. Yeah, that's why she's being the freak. Oh, Chill she's. Out. <laughs> she's. But these massive. are probably the hawks that you saw on the way down. Yeah, red tails about yeah. that size. Chill out. <laughs> we used to hunt squirrels and rabbits with her. Um, but like her depth perception is really off now, so she can't. You know, she can't I see can't as well. Her. Yeah, I can't okay. Oh my gosh, this is nuts. So this is the this peregrine. Is the peregrine. Wow. Yep. So the the fastest animal on the planet is the peregrine falcon. Right. right. And what do you call her? Uh, do you have a name for her? Do you name? Yeah, them? We name them. They don't know their names. They're not like a dog or a cat. Right. You know? Of course. Uh, my husband named her Sidewinder. Sidewinder. Which is uh, it's a type of U.S. air missile. Um, it's air-to-air -air combat, short range, which is pretty fitting for what they do as a, as a species. The mission of the day was to capitalize on Sidewinder's agility and speed and take her duck hunting. The only issue, in mid-January with colder temperatures, many ponds where Megan normally hunts were frozen, meaning the likelihood of ducks on the landscape was pretty slim. I remained optimistic, but let's be honest, I was just psyched to be in the presence of the fastest animal in the world. While Megan was preparing Sidewinder for the hunt, she explained to me what a huge responsibility it is to be a falconer and maintain your birds. Falconry, first off, is the most highly regulated hunting sport uh, in the United States. Uh, you have to have state and federal permits for it. Uh, but they're not, our birds aren't like a, you know, a gun or a bow. You know, most hunters, when they're done hunting for the day, can just throw their gun back into the closet, uh, especially for the season. Just, okay, we're done with it. We don't have to do anything with it. My birds, it's an everyday thing. And uh, the cool thing with American falconry is we are allowed to trap birds from the wild. They have to be juveniles, uh, and that's because they're not part of the breeding population. And 70 to 80% of all juveniles that were born in the spring will be dead before their first birthday. 
So we're allowed to trap them and utilize them for falconry, but then we're also allowed to release them back into the wild. If it's a good hunting bird, a lot of times we want to keep them for another season or several seasons. So in the summertime, if you're going to go on vacation, you've got to find somebody that's once can take care of your birds while you're on vacation. Uh, so, you know, we have to plan a lot of our trips around who can watch my birds for me. Uh, food prep, especially with work, you know, uh, when I go away on trips for work, it's my husband's responsibility and it's prepping food for him for a week or two. And so it's... Were you doing this before you met him? No. Uh, so actually the year I met him is the year I decided to do this. And I was like, this is what you get. Like, <laughs> I was, was going to ask if that was, if, if uh, you had, had told him about that, like, hey, you know, he, he this kind of comes like, with the package. He knows I'm, I, I'm, I'm from Texas and I was born, raised, you know, hunting and fishing. Uh, so he knew I was really big into hunting and I've bow hunted for almost my whole life and that's pretty primitive but then the thought of what's more primitive than bow hunting and it's it's falconry it's been around for roughly 5,000 years probably older than that we just don't know written record shows about to 5,000 but we we're kind of assuming that it's probably older than that but it predates the bow and arrow so People were hunting with birds for thousands and thousands of years. Right. You can't get more ancient than this <laughs> no. right here. This is as primitive as it comes. And oh my gosh, I'm just, I. She's, that's a rouse. So what, what she just did is uh, they fluff out all their feathers and they'll shake their bodies and kind of just readjust themselves. That's a sign of contentment. Oh, so, so she's comfortable. She's, she's, she's comfortable. And oh, Sidewinder. <laughs> I'm so happy that I'm not making you anxious or nervous in any way. We're gonna weigh her now. So weighing, we weigh our birds. Um, our motto is kind of a hungry hawk is a hunting hawk. And so they're in falconry, motivated. yeah, they're motivated to hunt. So in falconry, it's all about food motivation, uh, food association. So we want them at a weight where they're hungry enough and motivated enough to hunt, but not where they're starving. So. And it really helps with tra when we, we trap a bird, when we're training birds, it's all about food motivation. It's all positive reinforcement. So just like with the dog, you only reward it for the good behavior. It's the same with our birds. We're rewarding her for good behavior while reducing her weight to where she's hungry enough and motivated enough to trust us and hunt with us. So I log her weight in a log book. I weigh her probably two to three times a day. Uh, and then I'll weigh her food in a minute. And we'll log that and then start getting her equipment ready for, for hunting. Megan has only been working with Sidewinder since the fall after trapping her down in Texas. She explained that falconers are federally allowed to trap wild juvenile birds because 70 to 80% will be dead before their first birthday. As a falconry bird, they get a good life. They get food every day. They're getting medical care if they need it. You know, they're getting hunted every day. Uh, and they, they have a safe place to come and stay at night. And they learn that. Um, most birds kind of figure out the system. And uh, actually, I think they kind of prefer that over staying outside when it's negative 10 outside oh like last year. Gosh, I can imagine. Yeah, the life that you give them, I, I think is probably a lot better than what they would experience in the wild. They do, yeah. And so, and you know, I get a lot of people that think the birds love me. And they, they don't. They're not like a dog or a cat. Uh, I, I kind of call them my coworkers. We're, uh, we have this mutual partnership with each other. I get to enjoy hunting with them and hunting in a way that's very primitive and what a lot of people don't get to enjoy. And she, out of it, learns that humans actually can produce more game for her 
and more ways for her to hunt game. Mm -hmm. Um, And she gets a meal every day versus out in the wild. She may not eat for two or three days if she's not successful. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of a mutual thing for both of us. More for her than for me. Oh, sure. (laughs) Yeah, she's got the life. She's got the life. She She really does. She's a spoiled bird. Yeah. and Well, and another thing that comes to mind is, okay, well, can you – you release them back to the wild yep. after, and they acclimate well back to the wild. Yeah, they do. So the ones that we trap from the wild can go back to the wild at any point in time. They forget about human interaction pretty quickly. Um, a day or two, maybe a week at the most. Um, and, you know, the ones that you buy, you can't, you can't release those. So those the hybrid falcons, yeah. the ones that are bred in captivity, you can't. There's another way that people um, raise birds, and it's called imprinting. So they'll take a baby a chick and they'll raise it the thing with that is the birds think that we're either a bird or that they're a human so they cannot be released because of that um but yeah with these with these passage birds the ones we trap from the wild you know you i got guys that hunt a red-tailed hawk for a season let them go every year and that way they have the summers off um with her i i have never flown a peregrine before and i hear they get better with age so I'll probably keep her and hunt her again next year and then make a determination then if I want to release her or fly her again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's just up to the falconer and, and what they're flying and um, if they want to try something new. I see. So, If you do decide to uh, capture a wild bird as your hunting partner, initially, what's their what's their demeanor like? Are they aggressive towards you? I would think. Yeah, so... Any, any wild animal's afraid of us. Um, and their first line of defense, like any animals, instead of biting us, most animals try to bite us. Uh, but our birds of prey, their first line of defense is their feet. So they're going to flip on their back and try to grab us with their feet. We have tools that we utilize for the birds for training. Uh, the first thing that goes on is the hood. The hood that it, it kind of looks like a helmet. It, yeah, we call it, I call it the battle helmet. Um, <laughs> it, yes, it, it's it like a little battle helmet that they, goes on their head. They look so cool. <laughs> and they're all handmade. So falconry, it's so it's such an ancient sport. Um, and so everything we utilize is still pretty much unchanged since the beginning of the sport. Save wow. for, you know, modern technology with the leather. But that was handmade by a falconer out of Oklahoma, you know. And, and wow. it's just, it's, it's an art. It's not just a... a a hunting sport it you know it's an art form on on how they make these things and mold it and it is beautiful it looks but so cool it's all training tools so when we trap a bird i put that on their head because you know bird of prey can see three times better than us and so they're really scared their first line of defense is to try to grab us mm-hmm. when that hood goes on their head it blacks everything out so it helps calm them down okay. but they can still hear everything that's going on sure and so we put the equipment on. So there's anklets that are on their legs here. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are called jesses and then the leash. When we're flying, all this comes off. So nothing keeps my bird tethered to me right. while we're flying. I get a lot of people that are against falconry because they think we're enslaving birds of prey from the wild. Right. Um, which is fine, but it's not. You know, these birds have their free will. They're free to leave. Um, and so when we're training them, you know, a freshly trapped bird – this hood only comes off her head when there's food present because mm-hmm. I want the bird to start associating me with good things. Right. And food is their most favorite thing on this planet. Sure. So the first couple times that hood comes off their head, they're going to try to fly away from us, but there's always food present. And I want her to learn, okay, this human's not here to eat me and she's actually bringing me food. And so I asked the bird the first couple times, just ask her to bend down to eat food. Once she's doing that, 
we try to get her to just take a step onto the glove. And then we extend that distance every time until we're flying outside the length of a football field. And then I cut her loose and we do it free flying and then we go hunting. Have you ever been training a bird like that and they just fly off and you never see them again? I've, I've, all, in the, I've done this 16 years and I've only ever lost one bird. And it was a red-tailed hawk. She was trapped actually pretty late in the season. It was like the end of December when I trapped her. They get more independent the later on, you know, that they're kind of out in the wild. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were actually just a mile from the house hunting rabbits. And she missed a rabbit and went up into a tree and didn't want to come down. And uh, so I drove back here to get some live prey to get her down with, and she was gone. She didn't want to come, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing, you know, we use leather because leather's a biodegradable material. It'll break down over time. She didn't have Jess's in, so nothing was, she can't get snagged on anything. So the the anklets would come off within time, and I wasn't really worried about it. Um, I use what's called, not on on this bird, but there's Mm -hmm. removable anklets, so they can actually, you can actually take them on and off, you know, with your bare hands. And I have birds that take them off all the time so I knew she was fine and I wasn't too concerned with her well and I I guess that's just a risk you're kind of taking on becoming a falconer is that they are wild birds and you know they they're they can still be maybe unpredictable yeah so even though you know you you have birds trained up to a certain point um sometimes there's just some birds that just aren't meant for falconry and you know i'm fine with that um there's just some birds that just are like this isn't my thing and they take off on you and wasn't meant to be we'll discuss more on falconry and the process to become a falconer after the break you're listening to discover nature notes with the missouri department of conservation a speedy wanderer has returned to missouri skies the peregrine falcon was nearly wiped out from pesticide poisoning over 50 years ago biologists and falconers banded together to return falcons to places where they had disappeared falconers bred the birds and hatched the eggs and biologists raised the chicks until they could live on their own now the world's fastest bird of prey can be seen soaring above large cities and waterways. Peregrine falcons hunt from high up in the sky and go into deep aerial dives at speeds topping 200 miles per hour to snatch their prey. Common feasts include pigeons, shorebirds, and ducks. They often nest on skyscrapers in large cities. The word peregrine means wanderer. Look up Missouri's speediest wanderers next time you're in the city. Discover more at discovernaturenotes.com. The Missouri Department of Conservation, serving nature and you. And welcome back to this primitive episode of Nature Boost. The sport of falconry, hunting small game by partnering with a bird of prey, is the oldest form of hunting. You can employ a variety of hawks and falcons to hunt with, but it depends on your status as a falconer. MDC's Megan Duffy Yates has been hunting with her birds for 16 years, so she's since gained the title of Master Falconer. So anything's allowed in falconry. So we have a class system. There's an apprentice. There's a general and there's a master falconer. As an apprentice, you're an apprentice for your first two years in falconry. And you have to have a general or master class falconer be your sponsor. So they're going to teach you everything for your first two years. Missouri used to be a bit more restricted into allowing only an apprentice to fly a red tail or a kestrel. Several years ago, we adopted some new regulations. They can fly more birds now. But a lot of sponsors still require them to fly that red tail or that 
kestrel because they're so readily available in the wild. You know, these birds are here anyways, and they're suited for the habitat that we have, and we have game for them. So squirrels and rabbits definitely for the red-tailed hawk, uh, house sparrows and uh, European starlings for the kestrel. I make all my apprentices still fly a red-tailed hawk as their first bird. Um, they're a little bit more forgiving, and they're just a good bird to learn from. Then as a general falconer, you can fly pretty much everything except endangered species and golden eagles. Then as a master falconer, so you're an apprentice for two years, then you become a general for five years. And then after that, you become a master falconer. And that allows you to fly, if you wanted to, a golden eagle. But there's specific regulations and it's a pretty hard system to get into to get a golden eagle. Uh, there's only one falconer here in Missouri that's flying one right now. Mm -hmm. um, most of the guys are out west that fly them. And it's a really small group of people, probably 20 or 30 people that I know of that have a golden eagle. Maybe, maybe not even that. Um, and they're, they're chasing big jackrabbits. So I was going to ask what type of yeah, game Yeah, so jackrabbits for them. Um, you gotta you just got to have the game for the birds. So a lot of guys here in Missouri fly red tails, um, Harris's hawks, goshawks. Um, and then we have guys that fly falcons, and we fly those mostly on ducks. Uh, there are some guys that go up to Nebraska, and we'll hunt upland birds, so pheasants, um, prairie chickens where it's allowed. Um, some guys go out way out west and hunt sage grouse with their birds, their big falcons. So just kind of depends on what you have game for and what you want to hunt. And so getting back to Sidewinder's duck hunt, you may be wondering how Megan ensures that Sidewinder comes back to her after she flies off in pursuit of prey. That's where food motivation and a falconer's special tools come in. So they get a, a weight amount of food a day. And uh, and then so what we'll do is uh, she gets about 65 to 66 grams of food per day. Because I know about this time tomorrow she'll be ready to hunt again. Um, so we weigh our food every day. We weigh the birds every day. And then um, we get everything ready to go. And then we'll go attempt to try to hunt. So she has what's called tidbits, and tidbits are just little pieces of meat that I'll trade her off of if if she makes a kill. If we find ducks today, um, she'll get traded off of the kill after she eats a little bit of it. And then she has what's called a lure, and this is my insurance policy. So all falconers use a lure, and a lure's just a piece of leather or something that kind of mimics some kind of prey item. They come in all shapes and sizes. This okay. one kind of looks like a bird. I've got some little tiny birds. I got some that look like starlings. This one looks like a squirrel. Oh, so sure. just depending on what you, this is for my big bird. Mm -hmm. um, and then these are for little kestrels and my merlins that I had. And then this for her, it's just about the right size. It's got little wings cut out on it. Um, but this right here, the lure is my insurance policy. And what that is, is she knows that she gets her full day's meal on the lure. Okay. So when we're done with the hunt, she gets rewarded for the, with this no matter what. So she will come down to this if we're not successful and know that she's going to get her full meal and that we're done hunting yeah, for the day. Yeah, no matter what, she's getting fed. Yeah, so no matter what. So I've, I've had birds like my big red tail outside. I've called her down to the lure from a half mile to almost three quarters of a mile away to this thing. My big red tail knows what pocket it's in in my game vest, and she knows if I'm reaching for it. She's getting excited. Oh. Um, that we're done, you know, we're done hunting for the day. So um, this is kind of so that's kind of the the message to them that okay, we're yeah, done. yeah, and like we're done. Food. Like this is what you're getting fed up, and she'll she she should come down. I say that peregrines sometimes um, they're known for their long flights, 
and uh, sometimes she'll catch a, a pocket of hot air called a thermal, and she'll want to go up. And oh yeah. Then we have to do tail chases on her, and it's not her fault. It's just a natural instinct to want to catch a hot thermal, and you know it's like what vultures do. They just go up and up and up. Oh right. So she'll catch that and kind of go on a joyride. She's not. She's only done it once this season, so hopefully she doesn't do it today if we find ducks. But um, the other thing I have for her, which is kind of sad. Is a, is a duck. Um, <laughs> so, this is her best, best, best friend. So the way I work with her is if she has a successful flight on a duck and she misses it, she gets the frozen duck. And that's to allow her to pluck it and kind of kind of get rewarded for pursuing that bird. I see. Okay. Um, the lure comes out if we've had an unsuccessful flight and she's not caught. And she didn't get to chase anything. I see. Then okay. she gets the lure. But for her... What we found is she really likes this really nasty pluck. Oh, she's just excited. Yep, you're ready to go. Um, so this comes out if she has a good And that's the same one that you've been kind of giving her <laughs> Every to day. Yeah, it's frozen. <laughs> it's a frozen duck. She doesn't know. It, I like it frozen because she's not able to eat a lot of meat off oh, of it. Sure. But she's able yeah. to pluck it. Yeah. And uh, it allows her to kind of do allows some her of those to, extinctual it's a, things. Yeah, it's and, an, a mentally she thinks that she's caught a duck and that she's been highly successful so she doesn't get discouraged yes because they do she gets she does get kind of mad at times if she's had several days which she's she's still learning we haven't had an official catch yet she's taken a drake mallard to the ground so she only weighs 710 grams and a drake mallard weighs 12 to 1300 grams oh wow so you know that's Almost so two big, times bigger than her. Yeah, that's that's significant. Um, and she's taken a Drake Mallard to the ground, but she wasn't able to hold on to him on mm-hmm. the ground. And then she's hit two hen mallards. One she hit into the reeds, and when she winged over to land on it, the hen got up. And then the second one she hit into the water. So when ducks get hit into the water, they just go underwater and hide. Oh, sure. So we didn't have it. We haven't had a successful kill yet. It's just a matter of time. As we've learned, falconry is an ancient sport that over the course of the years has remained relatively unchanged. However, it has adopted some modern twists, such as telemetry. Sidewinder is equipped with a small GPS transmitter that connects to an app on Megan's phone. Through this technology, Megan is able to see Sidewinder's location while she's flying and even track how fast she flies too. So, you know, this flight here, she was at 200 feet on this was a good duck flight. 200 feet, she went 65 miles an hour. You know, her total distance flying was one and a half miles. So it allows us as falconers to see our bird. So when she's up in the air, I don't have to be worried about where she's at. I can look at my phone and be like, oh, she's right here. That um, is pretty cool. So it saved us a lot of trouble. Knowing where she's Knowing at. because mm-hmm. there's guys who have these hybrid falcons. For example, we went, it was in November and uh, we had a big annual field meet for the nation. And I went out with some guys who had some hybrid falcons. And one of them went up to like 1,600 feet. I mean, you can't even see a bird. Oh and in it, you can't see it. And so no. I'm like, where's this bird at? And he's like, oh, she's 1,600 feet. You know. <laughs> he's, he's like, trust so he's like oh, she's, she's, she's right she's there. there. And I'm like, oh, are you sure? Because <laughs> right. I can't see her, you know. But yeah, she went, I think she was at 170 miles an hour when she came down on a duck. And oh, Whoa. She just hit a duck and it was stone dead in the air. Oh my god! It was pretty cool to watch. But... That's like, yeah, that's like a meteorite coming down. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, and you can hear it. It was just, and oh. it was just, 
hit the duck. And oh wow! It was over. So. What an experience. She's not that yeah. exciting yet. Yeah. She's still learning. She's, she's got the. She's got all the potential she's, though. Hopefully. Pretty much used to it now. Riding along. This. Not only is my this is my first time seeing a peregrine falcon up close, but riding in a car. Riding in a car. <laughs> it's funny because uh, before I had that perch made, I would just sit her on a little block perch in the front seat of my car, and we would drive to Texas, and you would be in traffic, and people would be like double looking, like, "Is that what I? Yep, that's a that's a falcon that's a in the front seat of the car. front seat of the car." <laughs> and you just like out like you don't see him, you know? You're just like. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> or, you know, like I, cause I, like, I'm from Texas and so I go home a lot and uh, the turnpike that I take to get down there, you always have to pay a toll and they'll always be like double taken and they're like, you know, they want to ask, but right. it's like, uh, I don't know what I should ask this girl. <laughs> that girl's got a bird in her car. I, if I saw it, I'd be like, I want to be friends with her. That's, <laughs> that is so cool. I want to, I have so many questions. Yeah, you'll get people that'll like, come up beside you and then they'll slow down and then they'll like speed up again and double take and you're like hey yep that's a falcon in the car Megan what made you want to become a falconer um I don't know pretty much I hunted with a gun and a bow and I thought that was I mean that's pretty cool and but as a child there's this place in Dallas called medieval times Oh, I've always wanted to go to Medieval okay, Times. Okay. So you went to one. So yeah, we have we have one there. I would go a lot as a kid and uh, for birthday parties or whatever. And uh, there they have there the Royal Falconer, and so it's like it's like the Dolly Parton stampede. You know, you're oh, eating yeah. with your hands, and there's a show. But before the knights come out and joust, this falconer comes out with his birds and flies them around the building. I mean, and they're not hunting, but but he's lure flying them. And as a kid, I was like, man, that's the coolest thing on this planet, you know. And and then as I got older and uh, I came here to go to college my freshman year and I was like, I could, I could do that now. Like I can finally do that because I'm not at home with my parents. I don't have to ask them permission. You know, like what do they know? So uh, I lived off campus and so I, I had met my husband and uh, I was like, so I want to do falconry. He's like, I don't know what that is. And so I told him. <laughs> he's like, and, you want to do, huh? Yeah, and he's not a dog guy, and I'd been wanting a dog. And so he said, you can either have a dog or you can have a hawk. And so I went the falconry route, and I don't regret it one bit. <laughs> All right, we're going to do a drive by on this pond. This is kind of our last ditch over here. This pond's either gonna have birds sitting on it or it won't. Gosh darn it, I don't see any. Oh, oh! There's a mallard on there. Oh, really? There's some mallard right there. You can see the little butts swimming around. The little butts? See right there. Yeah, there's like uh, two or three mallards sitting on it. Uh, I'm gonna trust you because okay. I don't see them. Yeah, they're but, right there. Okay. So the question is, I could come in right here. You can get out if you want to watch. But just, I just, I'll watch. I'll just stand by the car. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you get out, like, don't slam the door. Just, like, gently close it. I've got to okay. get all of her stuff geared up. Okay. I might actually do it right here. Um, Ooh, the 
this is so exciting. Don't get too excited. Okay, I won't. I'm probably but... not going to do the best on it. Okay, no, um, but this is the first time I've ever seen any of it. I almost so. want to just take her to this other pond, but I can't because it's... In order not to scare off the ducks, we parked away from the pond so Megan could start gathering her gear, her lures, and turning on Sidewinder's GPS tracking system. Megan is allowed to hunt on some landowner property around her house, but I stayed behind since I didn't have those permissions. As I watched from the car, Megan quietly walked towards the pond, unclipped Sidewinder's leash, and let her fly from her glove. The falcon flew away from the pond, gained some altitude and speed, and circled back towards the ducks after Megan flushed them. I was mesmerized as it cut through the air and then dove straight down to its prey. She had that thing. Did you see her I, in the I, water? Well, I saw her dive down, but the way I was positioned, I couldn't really see if she oh, had gotten it or not. But She grabbed it and it went back in the water and then you see her try to go after it again. Oh, yeah, water. yeah, yeah. I saw her circle around a second time. And then you notice that Mallard waited for her to get out of position before it flushed again uh, mallards are smart but that was a good did you see her just it was like a rocket going straight <laughs> down because i was i i was uh filming it on my phone i was doing a video and then i saw her and i'm like oh she's gonna go down she's going down <laughs> i was what she was in good position because she had that southwest wind behind her um and so that's what you're you know what you're wanting them and uh, you see how she just used that wind to just... She was going fast. Going crazy. Could that you tell good. how fast she went on your The app, app says she was only at 50 feet. And I know she was higher than 50 feet. Yeah. She's probably at 100, 150. It says she was going 50 miles an hour. So that's not too bad. She but was going fast. She did good. Are you are you pleased with how yeah, that went? that was a good... I haven't been able to fly, find ducks for several days because it's been frozen. And that was a, a really good flight. She connected, she hit it, and then you saw how she kept wanting, like, when I got her on the fish, she kept trying, what we I was bait. Yeah, I was going to ask. She's so amped up right now, she wants to go again. I was wondering if she's just anxious to fly she's, more, yeah, yeah, to try it again. It's one and done. And do you breathe a little sigh of relief every when time she, she comes, comes back? back? Yeah. <laughs> With her, I always go, come back to me, like I whisper <laughs> to her, like she can understand it. It's like, my friends always make fun of me about it. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about falconry? Any final thoughts that you want people to know about it? It's not pet keeping. I always tried it because Harry Potter came out years ago and people oh, yeah. wanted owls. Everybody wanted owls. Oh yeah. You know, and it's just falconry is not pet keeping. These are these are predatory birds. So you have to be okay with working with dead animals and skinning dead animals and there is heartbreak to it, you know, if your bird gets sick and dies or hits something and dies, gets electrocuted, strikes a fence, you know, but you just have to realize it's not pet keeping. These birds don't love you. It's a, it's a hunting relationship. It's a hunting partnership. So I always try to just stress that to people because people always like, do they love you? It's like, no, they, no, I, you're just a, a source of food for them. I, that's basically all we are. Yeah. It's just food. But on your side, it does have I do. real rewarding. Yeah, and as a human, you love your birds. It's not something you can't avoid. I do love this bird. I love all the birds I've hunted with, but that's the human aspect. But I love her knowing she does not love me back. And I love that I get to go hunting with this bird and utilize 
one of the oldest forms of hunting. It's an art and it's also a sport and it's, it's ancient. So we're lucky that we still get to do it. This episode truly just scratched the surface with falconry. There's so much more to cover with equipment, the cost of becoming a falconer, wild versus hybrid birds, and even more about the process of becoming a falconer and finding a mentor. If you're up to the challenge and responsibility of hunting with birds of prey, contact the Missouri Department of Conservation for a falconry packet or reach out to the Missouri Falconers Association. This was a wild and fascinating episode to record, and I want to extend a big, big thank you to Megan Duffy Yates for showing me the ropes. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation, urging you to get your daily dose of the outdoors. That's happy. That's that rouse again. It just kind of reminds me of a dog. Just yeah, kind of it's, it's just like when a dog shakes. She's just readjusting feathers, and it's just a sign of contentment. Her preening, what she was doing earlier, is cleaning her feathers off. That's really a good sign of contentment. She's really comfortable. If she stands on one foot, then that means she's like super, super relaxed. Oh, really? Yeah. And when what, they stand on one foot, it's just... Why is that? Just that's how just, they chill. That's just... Yeah. Like they're just, leaning or yeah, something. Yeah. It's like just like, leaning against you know, when a human <laughs> just leans around or something, that's <laughs> yeah. their way of just hanging out. I'm going to relax this out with a lean, yeah. with a one-footer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>